ready to praise the Lord? Amen. Are y'all re ready to give the Lord, the God of all creation, the praise and the worship that he desires tonight? Amen. I am too. I, I'm ready for whatever it is he's going to bring because it's going to be awesome. And anyway, whatever it is, I'm going to enjoy every bit of it. And so will y'all. I'm ask Brother Waylon if he'll start us off with some prayer and then we'll get into praise and worship. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for all your blessings in our lives. Lord God, we need you here. We need your Holy Spirit here to move on move on each and every one of us here tonight, Lord God. Touch hearts and touch lives, Lord God. And just be with us here. We're here to serve you. We're here to love you. We're here to worship you, Lord God. We're here to praise your holy name, Lord God. We just ask that you just be with us. Just meet us, Lord God. There's needs. Each and every one of us here tonight have needs, Lord God. We lay those needs at your feet, Lord God, as we bow before you. And we just ask that you take those needs, Lord God. Meet those needs. Heal, save, touch the sick, Lord God. Protect us from all the sicknesses, Lord God. Whatever it is that may be a need in each and every one of our lives, Lord God, we give that to you. And we praise you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Created something off that word they called it dynamite. Yep. Yep. That fits, doesn't it? Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit's dynamite. Amen. Amen. He's got power, so he's got power for everything we need. Let's power praise tonight. Amen. Power praise. Let's, let's don't be dormant. Let's don't sit idle. Let's praise the Lord and lift up his name and glorify him. Join with us as we sing praises to God. <laughs> Anybody found recently you can't escape noise? Amen. Even at night when you're trying to sleep? There's noise. And then there's praise. We need to be sounding off for God. Yes. Amen. We are overcomers by the word of our testimony. Amen. The Bible tells us that. Amen. Right, Brother Sean? Yeah. Overcomers by the word of our testimony. Our living, breathing, walking life should be a noise to the world that we are emitting the sounds of God. Amen. Praise and worship. Unrelenting. Un unpreventable. Rejoicing from the children of God who call Him Father, who call Him Lord, who have a relationship with Him, we should be walking declarations Amen. of God and His goodness and His mercy and His grace. 
Anybody heard a good shout lately? Jesus! Jesus! Some people that sounds foolish. God also says he uses foolish things to confound the wise. A good sound off to God anytime. Any place. In any situation. If it's genuine and from the heart, I promise you, it's God's attention. Amen. Who's helping me out there, brother? Come on. Who is helping me? Come on. be seated but you can be seated <laughs> praise God praise God an opportunity we have this evening once again back in the house of the Lord together to celebrate him brother Jim's bringing the offering place for the missions offering I've been keeping up with uh, news on missionary work and also the news of persecutions around the globe, the world. They're growing and escalating. And putting that with other things that are more evident and taking place all around us, uh, signs are lining up. Biblical prophecies are coming together. So I made a statement earlier, I don't know if you caught it, I ask you, are you ready? Amen. Are you ready? Amen. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Yeah. Are you ready to be caught up? Amen. Amen. Are you ready to stay a while through some tribulations if that's what is required? Amen. Amen. We've got to be ready. Right. Ready. You know, right now is the time. Amen. If you're here tonight, you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You don't have the faintest idea what that even means. I promise you there's somebody here that will help you and guide you to know Amen. what it means. But you can leave here tonight saved. Amen. You can leave here tonight with assurance of your eternity is going to be with God in heaven. An absolute guarantee when you confess Him and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus Christ died for your sins, bled for your sins, forgave you, Yes. And was resurrected. Amen. Hallelujah. And ascended to God the Father. Sits at his right hand. Guess what he's doing there? Does anybody know what Jesus is doing in heaven? The work, it's interceding for the believers. Yes, amen. Pews are to shook at that, but he's interceding for believers. Yeah. Oh, praise God, I got chills down my interceding for believers, for us. To God, the Father, the Supreme Creator of everything that ever was, is, and is to come. Oh, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. I gotta let you guys take an offering. As you give tonight, just know where it's going. Lead people to Jesus to bring lost souls to the knowledge and saving grace of Jesus Christ to take them help where this is at so God bless you as you get tonight go ahead brothers in Jesus name Lord we thank you for tonight Father yes, we, Lord. we praise you and we give you 
worship with our words, with our actions, and we, we, we lift this, this offering up to you, Father. You know exactly where it needs to go, and we pray that it be multiplied, ten, multiplied tenfold to the missionaries out there, Lord, but we pray for your spiritual alignment with these people, that you loosen your heavenly angels around them, that you strengthen them, we bind up all attacks against them in the name of Christ Jesus, and we pray that you lead them all out there so that they can lead people to you to have a joy unspeakable and full of glory, to lead you into your great graces, Lord, and be blessed beyond blessing, even when we're in the face of turmoil and danger and even possibly death, Lord. We pray that you give them strength and you fill them with your Holy Spirit. That you fill them and overfill them and overflow them to do your great and mighty works. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. kids loose here in just a minute. We're going to pray over this brother tonight. He brings a word. Heavenly Father, we come tonight giving you praise. Thanking you, God, for the liberty we have, God, the joy, Lord, of ministering your word. And I pray for this brother tonight, God, the anointing, God, the Holy Ghost be upon him, Lord God, this word come forth out of him. Come through him, Lord, bring us, God, what we need to hear, Father God. I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, God, Father, you just empower and move upon the entirety of this service, Lord, the youngsters, Lord, the youth, God, all these tonight, God, in this this message tonight, God, is coated with your glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The uh, what was mentioned earlier, and then we'll I want to say this and we'll let the uh, the young people go. Um, being whether whether you're saved or not saved is a very important issue. Amen. It's, it, as a matter of fact, it's the issue of the day. And I, I understand that, you know, when you come to church, and I'm saying this to everybody, when you come to church, you, sometimes hearing that saved, you know, are you saved and are you, are, you know, where, where are you at in your life? Sometimes that kind of gets rhetorical. So I want to emphasize and reemphasize what has already been said and, and, and it's already been said perfectly. But the, this thing about heaven and hell is a real situation. And, and the importance of knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior and repenting of your sins and letting the old man go and becoming somebody new in Christ is a very real and serious situation. And that, as we're dismissing the kids tonight, you have to ask yourself that question, is if I were to die tonight, where would I go? And am I certain 
of my destination. Because, you know, we can, we can come in, it's great to come in, it's great to fellowship, and there are, we can call them advantages, you know, there's a lot of advantages about coming to church, and th those are all great things, those are fantastic. But at the end of the day, if you are saved, you will be in heaven with Jesus, and if you are not saved, you will be apart from him. And there's a, that place is identified in God's word as being hell. And so, as we dismiss tonight, take the lesson that is being given to you with the utmost seriousness because we may not have much time left. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to intimidate you. That is simply the facts according to the word of God that we need to be ready. Amen. We need to be ready. Be dismissed tonight. Enjoy yourselves. Nah, man, I'm afraid y'all chew on it. It's okay. Okay, if I pick a color. Pick a color, any color. Y'all swat me if... Uh, you start chewing on it. If I start chewing on it, absolutely. So that's not good. Yes? Yes, can we have an... Uh, we need a proper introduction, and I'm going to ask Jeffrey... To introduce us, please. Congratulations, guys. Um, phenomenal to see a new member of the church, and uh, congratulations to both of you. Uh, it's uh, it's great to see new children being brought in to this world. Some people may argue that, say, ah, no, that's, that's not a good thing. No, it's, it's awesome. See the breath of life in, in God's mighty hand. It's, it's great, fantastic. And very happy for you guys. I uh, had some stuff on my heart. Um, you know, it's funny the way God works. You know, he, he'll open, you know, you know when you got something God's dealing with you on your heart and you open his word and it opens up right to that spot that you need to hear. Has that ever happened to anyone other than me? Amen. I had, uh, I was doing some homework the other day and uh, I've had some interesting information and I'm probably gonna need to use this microphone. Can we use this microphone, Kimmy? Yeah. I need to make sure I use this, get in the habit of it. There are 40,000 cells inside the human heart. Now, what's interesting about these cells are, is that these cells that, they, that these scientists found, they were cognitive cells. Cells only found in the human brain. And that was really interesting because as I get to reading this article and I was listening to these doctors talk and, and uh, talk about the fines and, and things of that nature, they said these 40,000 cells actually form a cognitive connection inside of your heart. Cognitive. And what that means is, is that they, they proved it. Scientifically, from a scientific angle, they proved that the heart has the ability to remember. Human heart has the ability to remember. And so as I, as I got into this, um, and they began to explain it, they said, you know, you know when you go, through, uh, you go through trauma, your mind is not the only thing that remembers the trauma. Your heart actually remembers the trauma. Now, there's a lot of scriptures in God's word that actually verify 
the heart having the ability to remember. And I want to show you some of those scriptures. But it's, what's important is, is that the, the heart is the basis and the center of everything that you and I are. Now, I know I can put that in a lot of, we, we could take and say, that, well, God's the center. And of course, we know that already. God's the center of everything. But what I'm talking about for the sake of the message is that your heart, the heart that is inside of you and each one of you, that's the center of everything that goes on inside of you. Your heart. And then when I got to reading that, and it kind of opened up a new door and into new ways of thinking, and that, you know, I always, you know, have you ever felt, um, you know, you feel anger, and it's an emotion, but have you ever, you feel it right here? Anyone can attest to that? You feel it right here. Have you ever wondered why you feel it there? Or uh, happiness, or gladness, or joy, or any of these things, but you feel them right here. And I had always... Always had this idea that you know it was some sort of invisible thing, and I guess in in a sense that it is. It was just some kind of, you know, which I just feel it right here. You can feel it when you feel victory. You feel it right here. Amen. Right. And so, in the in a, and I'm gonna we'll get into the spiritual side of this here in just a minute. But there's this these these cells that have this ability to remember, and they understand, and they know what's going on right here. And I always thought that was so interesting because God's word tells us in so many places that are connected to the heart of man. Now, I'm bringing this out because the heart is of the utmost importance because you deal with the heart every single day. Even though most of the time we chalk it up to mentality or our thinking, right? Maybe we're not thinking right or we're, we're thinking incorrectly or we're thinking right. or you know, We always chalk a lot of the things that we go through up to cognitive up here right here in this head but what about the heart what about the issues of the heart wouldn't that be important also so let's go to uh the book of proverbs i want to read a scripture to you we're gonna hit a couple places tonight Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs 4, 23 says this. Guard your heart. You ever heard that scripture before? I, I, I just read it right off the front in the first three words, and you probably are like, I know that, I know that scripture. I know that scripture. I've heard that before. In the scripture, actually, in my Bible, and there's a couple different interpretations, but mine says keep your heart and, or guard. Guard your heart. And so I'm already asking questions when I get three words deep into the scripture. Why do you want me to guard my heart? Because with all diligence, uh, with all diligence, for out of it comes or are the issues of life. Everything that you deal with will filter through and come through the heart. And so... When I got to studying this and looking and how important it was to actually guard it, you know, when you guard something, think about what you do when you guard it. How many of you have a guard dog at the house? An actual guard dog. I have two dogs and they're not guard dogs. How many have actually have a, I mean, like a guard dog? I mean, somebody that, that someone, uh, an animal that actually barks and will actually attack somebody if you're not at home. Anybody? So you say. So, well, <laughs> my dogs are not, though, they don't fit that description. 
So if you have a guard dog, it has a duty, it has a, it has a very particular uh, task, and it knows territorially what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to guard the house. It's supposed to protect the owner, protect the, the things that are important to the owner. And so when you, you hear the word guard or to keep, it literally means to take a stance against. Guard, you guard this thing. Because out of it are some very important things that are going to flow through your life. And, and to have a really good understanding, I always like to flip it upside down. Because I always ask myself, okay, your word is telling me, it tells me to guard my heart. What would be the ramifications if I changed my mind and I decided not to guard my heart? What if I decided I, wasn't, I didn't really care about what went on in here? Even though you're telling me that this is a centerpiece and this is there's some very important things going to come out of this thing, what if I just decide that I don't want to guard it? I want to be self-destructive. I mean, to think about the heart being the centerpiece and, and all of these things that are, that are going to happen are going to, to come out of it, I think it would probably be a good idea to heed the word and then to yield to the command that we need to watch out for this thing. Right here. All right, everyone, take, take your hand. I just want you to shake your hand and just put it on your chest right here. Your heart, right here. There's something inside of you right here that has the ability to cognitively think. It takes damage. It rejoices with you. It, it, it absorbs things. It absorbs things. And so when it says, it says guard the, the heart. And so I looked at the word heart. I wanted to know what that meant in the Greek, and I think it was actually pronounced uh, lab. I think that was the actual pronunciation, was lab. And you know what I found in the Greek? The Greek here, heart, means the intellect of. Oh, now that's interesting. Now why, how, would he, how would he know that there was an intellect inside the heart? Well, of course, he's the creator. I mean, he knew. He created you to be that way. He, he created us to have a heart that actually retains things, sometimes good and sometimes bad. And these are some experiences that I have found in my own life. As, as I, you know, you turn your life over to God and, and uh, he begins to deal with you and you're coming, you want more of God like, you know, like anybody does. And you, you turn your life over to him and you're just, God, give me, I want more of you. And what is the first thing that he begins to deal with and go after? The heart. He goes after the heart. I mean, think about it. How does he convict you? Through your heart. How does, he, how does God relay anything to you from the spiritual realm? Through the heart. That is the only way for him to communicate with you and I is through the heart. That's, that was his plan. Now, of course, yeah, there are times that Someone will come in and give a word. That's fantastic. That's great when someone gives a word or, or a word of wisdom or use the spiritual gift and we can hear God in that manner, in that way. But I'm talking on a personal level. When you're at the foot of your bed and you're praying, how does he communicate you with you? He communicates to you through the heart. So it would make sense, though, for us to guard it. Because if I, if I, if I don't guard this and I don't keep it and I allow it to to engage in things that are not godly, is there a chance that I may not be able to hear his voice like I want to hear it? Yeah, absolutely. Anyone ever had their phone line cut at their house, maybe by accident? You ever been digging before and snapped that line? And you go in and you want to use the phone, and you're like, ah, 
something happened, and so you go out there and you find the frayed lines, right? That's, that's like us, and that's like the heart, and that's like us doing things um, and engaging in things that are not godly. And when we want to go talk to him, the lines are cut. They're frayed. I can't hear him properly anymore because I haven't been watching this thing. I haven't been guarding it. So there's an intellect here. There's something inside of you. Have you ever, you ever sat down for a, you were, you, were, you were sitting down, you just wanted to get a moment, and God began to deal with you, said, hey, I want you to come and talk to me. Mm-hmm. You ever heard that before? You ever feel that push? Mm-hmm. And you, you can feel him move on your heart. You can feel it. What I see today are a lot of people that are not looking in the heart anymore. God, see, God deals with the heart. God deals with the heart. And I, I got to wonder sometimes, and, I'm, and I'm, this is just me. This is, I'm just, you want to say I'm theorizing? That's fine. I'm just theorizing this. And why don't more, more, more people come to church? And why don't more people want to engage? These are good things that we find in God. Are, are, am, I, am I correct? Do we not find great things in God? Absolutely. But see, here's the thing. That in order to find that, you've got to go through the heart. And there might be some things inside there that may not be so nice. And that's why many people don't want to go find God. If it means I've got to go through the heart, I'd rather opt out. I'd rather not do it. You know, I mean, when you look inside of you, you know. You know whether there's good things going on here or bad. You and I know it. We know it. And when you come before God, it really gets exposed. I mean, it's raw. We're naked before the Lord, literally. We can't hide anything from him. He knows. He knows it's there. And so this communication that we have with God, sometimes we, I think maybe Christians take it for granted. We not realize the communication lines that he uses to actually communicate with his children and that it is a serious thing to guard the heart. It's a serious issue. It's, it, there's really something going on when God says, I want you to guard the heart because there are, there are going to be some things that happen in your life. There are going to be some things that you go through. I'm going to need to get you through those. And the only way to do it is to speak directly to you. You ever had a word of encouragement from the Lord? That ever happened to anybody? Amen. Do, you, do you remember the way you felt at the moment? You were down, maybe depressed, and you could feel it right here. The old spirit, the old, the old heart intellect was just vexed. And then he gave you a word. Maybe it was one word. Sometimes you open up the Bible and you get one word and you're thinking, that is amazing and it's freeing immediately. That's God's living word speaking to the heart that has the ability to understand his word. You see, this intellect, even though scientists say that they found it, it is the only intellect that can decipher God's voice in the word because he's the only thing that he deals with it's the only thing he'll deal with I want to talk to the heart now I want to talk to your mind yeah I can't this thing can't this thing's that we call it uh it's polar you know it, there's there's a left side right side you know it operates on a polarity God doesn't deal with this thing he wants to deal with this thing and so when he deals with that though we have to be um we have to understand and know that he's going to come through there. And if there are things in there that need to be confronted, guess what? He's going to say, hey, we need to uh, confront these. You need to confront them. 
I'm coming in here. If you want me to come in and you want me to sup with you and you want to sup with me, we're going to do it on the grounds of the heart. This is where we're going to do it at. It's going to be right here. And I'm going to point some things out to you and you may not like those things. Something about the way God deals with us that is so pure, is so clean. But you understand that you don't meet God on his ground or on your grounds. You meet him on his. Right? God says, you want to talk to me? You want to have a relationship with me? You got to come clean. <laughs> you got you to give everything up. You got to let it go. You got to undo the, the, the chains and the tatters on your heart. You got to let that stuff go. And so have you ever, haven't you ever prayed before and had God begin to deal with your heart and ask you, did he ever ask you to get rid of hate? Did he ever ask you to get rid of anger? Did he ever ask you to, to turn loose of, of uh, old habits and old ways? Amen. Were these things cognitive or were they issues of the heart? Right here. There's this channel. You could say it's invisible. There's this channel that comes through here. Our job, our responsibility as a Christian is to keep this thing clean. Is to keep it clean. Is it just praying? No. Because there are a lot of people that pray but never hear from God. All right, hear, hear me. There are a lot of people that pray but they never hear from God because they're not actually willing to approach him on his terms, which is from the heart. God comes knocking and I've had this, I, I'm, I would say that I'm a testimony, but I think everyone here on the earth, I have had God come to me and begin to knock on my heart. And I met him at the door with joy. Hey, it's you. I want to talk to you. And when I opened the door, he said, every time I come in here, I find this right here. Because you're not going to let God in, but a couple times and he's going to say, hey, you got some garbage in here like you to move that out of the way if we're going to have a conversation if we're going to talk anymore you need to move this out of the way you see that's raw and that's very pure and what a lot of what a lot of people do is they back up and they say well if that's the way it's going to be then i don't want you to come back into this house because i'm not ready to confront that yet i'm not ready to deal with that yet you see that's an issue of the heart that's issues of life these are the things that you and i go through day in and day out, and you go through things that hurt you. You go through things that scar you. Have you ever, haven't you ever prayed before, and this is a talking about on the lines of issues of the heart, haven't you ever prayed before and you just begin to weep before God and all of a sudden this stuff just begin to erupt out of you? And you didn't ever even get a prayer out of your mouth. You just went before the Lord and you wondered after about a half hour of crying and worshiping, what was that all about? He was clearing the lines. So we got some, you got some stuff inside there. We got to get that stuff out of there. You're holding some stuff. It's affecting you. You we got we got to let this thing go. We got to get some stuff out. And you know what's great about the spirit of the Lord is that even in prayer, he guides you through that. There's never been a time when I got before the Lord and he began to deal and I began to cry and I'm like, "What is this all about?" He would tell me. Yeah, there's this right here. Hey, I know that hurt. You've got a grudge. Got to confront it right now. We got to confront that unforgiveness. Where does that lie at? Is unforgiveness in the mind or is unforgiveness in the heart? It's a heart issue. So 
coming back to this. Guard your heart, the intellectual heart. Okay, I'm saying that because that's the Greek. The intellectual heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Okay, so let's turn to, let's go to Psalms. Let's back just a little ways. Let's go to Psalms uh, 119. Psalms 119, verse 11. God's word says, Your word, your word have I hid in my heart. Your word have I hid in my heart. Well, it makes more sense now that I understand that the heart has the ability to remember. It has the ability to remember. So am I reading scripture merely for cognitive reasons? No. I'm reading it for the health and the wellness of my heart. And it's telling me right here, he said, your heart has the ability to feel. I've, I've said this before, and, and I, I've, I went through some different times in my life and, and just some really tough times and opened up God's word, and I cannot explain it. I cannot really put it into words. The only way that I could explain it was is as I began to read God's word, and I read it from chapter to chapter to chapter, it, it, it didn't even really matter what it said. I felt as though there was a sponge right in my chest, and it was going like a huge drink because of what I was going through and, and the, the severe need of a spiritual drink. My heart needed some health. It needed some health. It needed some wellness. And, it, and no, matter, no matter what I would have done at that point, had I taken my vitamins... Had I, had I drunk more water and took care of my body and, and took my omegas so my mind would be right and all these other things, I could have taken everything in the world and I still would have suffered because I wouldn't have fixed the issue of the heart. Not realizing that I was suffering here. Yeah, we, once again, we, we think, oh, it's here that I'm suffering. Or it's here that I'm suffering. Or maybe, maybe your suffering is external or environmental. Maybe you blame it on something else or someone else. It's COVID's fault. <laughs> but I don't have any power over that. But I do have power over the condition of my heart. I have that. God tells me that I do. He said, your health and wellness of your heart is dependent upon you. And he says here, he said, hide the word. Take it. Put it in. Actually, means install. Install it. Put it in your heart. Why? Because your heart will remember. It will remember. The thing that all issues of life flow from will remember when it needs to. It'll remember. That thing will remember. You, you Haven't you ever been in that before? Having a scripture come to you? That scripture comes to you. Now, what's interesting about scripture and inspiration of the Holy Spirit? Now, don't get me wrong. It's all the Holy Ghost. He's the one to bring us inspiration. But what I have found is the majority of the time, he only inspires what I've already read and put in my heart. How can you be inspired with something you don't know? You with me? The majority of the time, that doesn't work that way. 
The majority of the time, you get inspired with something that you've already put inside your heart. So what does he do? He comes and he says, right here. That's where that's at. Did you think that was a cognitive thing? No. Remember, everything is a heart issue. It's right here. If you know God, you're dealing with him right here, with this tool right there. That's how you're dealing with him. That's how he's talking and speaking to you. And so when, he, when he's inspiring us and dealing with us, it's all, it's all erupting and then going in and out, and there's this communication between him and I. And when I'm putting his word inside of me, that gives the Holy Spirit leverage to inspire you with the word. I have, I have been, there's been a couple times, very rare, that I have been inspired with scripture that I did not know. Now, I, didn't, I wasn't given the words. I was given a scripture base, like uh, Psalms 119. I was like, why did that come to me? And I went and read it. Oh, and then I seen why it was rebel, re, uh, relevant to, to the moment. But the majority of the time, aren't you inspired with something that you've already read Something that's already affected your heart. Something that's already touched you. Something that's already been put in. Okay, now, if, if that is the avenue, is that God is going to inspire you with what you have installed in your heart. He's going to speak to you through that facet. Then that makes me wonder, have I put in enough to communicate with him correctly? Have I put in enough to understand the capacity of how he wants to use me? He said, remember, it's, it's, it's by our ignorance. Our ignorance is what defeats us. Our ignorance is what loses the battle. Our ignorance is the fact that you don't know. I don't know. I didn't know. So we see the importance of why we even do what we do. And that's a, a wake-up call for me, church. That's a wake-up call. I don't know how many times I get up and I just rhetorically read. I rhetorically read. I'm just kind of like... Like almost, like a drone. Chapter one. Read, 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 read. And you think, well, that's that's fine though. That's good though, Tanner, right? I mean, that's good. That sounds kind of like me. Listen, that's fine. But if that happens from month to month to month, I realize that I've been drone reading for six months, and spiritually I'm starving because I haven't been really intimate with the Lord. You with me? I mean, they're supposed to be. Signs of the believer. There's supposed to be some fervent prayer in there somewhere, right? I mean, there's, be, there's supposed to be some change and some stuff actually going on in my spiritual life. And so if, if, I'm not, if I'm not hearing from God and I'm not communicating with him like I need to, then I better check the condition of my heart. I better make sure that I haven't adopted bitterness, that I haven't adopted anger, that I haven't adopted unforgiveness, that there isn't something clogging the line and stopping me from being able to hear him properly. Um, here's another one for you. High opinion will do it. Not necessarily identified as wrong, not necessarily identified as right, but the fact that you have an opinion that's so strong that it will completely clog the line of being able to hear from God. When I was young in the Lord, I guess I was 18 or 19, I had, I had, there was something I wanted to ask him, and I remember going home, and I got on my knees, and there was this question. I need some direction in my life. And I got down on my knees, and I asked him. I said, what direction do I need? And I no further did I get the words out of my mouth. I didn't even complete the sentence. He said, you've already made up your mind. Why are you asking me? That's exactly what he said. Now, how did he know that? 
And so this is what he said. He goes, if you want me to answer you, you cannot have an opinion about what direction you want to go. You have to turn loose of it. So I didn't just take a step back. I had to take two steps back to be able to hear actually what he wanted and what direction he wanted me to go. I didn't realize that it was that I could actually get caught up in that. I didn't really, really realize that my own opinion would keep me from being able to get direction from God. Was well, my heart was so wrapped up in what I thought. Instead of here, this, dominating this, this had dominated this. It was all wrapped up with high opinion. Can, can we, can we uh, agree that we see a lot of high opinion today? Amen. A lot of people with a lot of high opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. That's great. You can have an opinion, sure. I mean, if you want, that's what you want. You can have an opinion. Misty will tell you. She, did, she had to go get Haven. Misty will tell you I have a lot of opinions <laughs> about a lot of things. But we also realize that our opinions are not always welcome, nor are they needed. I can say amen. <laughs> it's okay if you don't want to say amen. That's okay. I, not our, our opinions are always needed, especially when it comes to the issues of life with God. Especially with him. Why would we even think that bringing in our opinion would somehow better our life with him? It's, it's only, your, our high opinions will only hinder our talk with God. It'll hinder. It'll hinder you. It'll clog those lines of the heart. And it will keep you from being able to communicate with him the way that you want to. The way that you need to. So, he said, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Here's the revealing thing about verse 11. It's actually giving you the answer as to how you are to stay away from sin. How can I, it's, it's almost asking a question. How can I adequately stay away from sin? How can I do that? That may not be the question that you derive from, but that's the question I derive from it. Because it's already given you the answer. I guess it was a Jeopardy that did that, give you the answer and you have to give the question. Well, that's the answer right here. That I might not sin against you. What's the inoculant? What's the fix for sin? Getting the word installed in the heart. Not just having it in possession. I have a Bible in possession of me. I seen something so crazy the other day. I got to say this. I seen something so crazy. They're coming out with all kinds of stuff and beliefs. And this guy was talking about he asked, he said, have you ever read a book? No, no, not read a book. I'm talking about putting your hand on the book and reading the book. And I said, okay, that's enough. <laughs> I said, okay, that's, that's not, that's not where, where, where I want to go. I was thinking this would be educational. This is not educational. This is not what I was wanting to see. And so, no, the only way that you can install the word is to actually read the word. To merely be in possession of the book is not enough. It's not. The enemy doesn't care that you own a sword. <laughs> he only cares if you know how to use it. That's the only thing that really threatens him. But this is not so much about the enemy as much as it is the sin factor. Because sin is running rampant, right? Is sin running rampant right now? I mean, as, as we see the stories begin to unfold, uh, our, our society is actually a whole lot more perverted than we could have ever imagined. Sickening with a capital S, sickening. 
society that we're living in. So, but what is the fix to, to, to sin? It's the word and it's the effect that the word has on the heart because the word deals with the heart. And if you care for your heart and you care about the way that God deals with you and you care about a relationship with him, then, then we're going to do whatever it takes to actually take care of this thing. We're going to actually look inside here and we're going to make sure that we don't have some issues, some issues that are keeping us from having a healthy and a vibrant relationship with God. We're going to check it out. We're going to look. We're gonna, we're, I mean, I'm talking internal. You know what I'm talking about. In, internalization, really looking in deep. Digging inside, listening to what the pastor's got to say on Sunday morning and actually applying it. Crying before the Lord and weeping and being sorry for our sins and for what we've done. That's the kind of heart that we need. That, that heart that's pliable and usable. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for that kind of a heart. I mean, think about this. We think about Pharaoh. I mean, when, when, when Pharaoh just... Absolutely, was you know he was he was first he was uh, affected by what he seen, and then what did it say? It said God hardened what? His heart. His heart. What part of him did he deal with? He dealt with his heart. He turned him over to his own way of thinking. He was he was so he was he was evil and he was corrupt and he had all these things going on inside of him and, and he would it didn't mean that he literally did it. He just let him do what he wanted to do. And it was it was an issue of the heart, and that I guess in a way it kind of it brings a lot of respect. It kind of scares me in a way because that lets me know that there's the potential to be good for God, but there's also a, t a potential to be corrupt. We all have a heart. Every one of you have a heart, but there's there's a potential to be righteous before the Lord, or have a heart that is stained and unrighteous before the, or before God, before a living God, and that's real. That's real stuff. And so, what's the condition of our heart tonight? What's the condition of the heart? Have I been hiding God's word in my heart so I'll make sure that I do not sin against him? I found over time that growing up as a Christian that a lot of the, the repetitive sins were simply because of ignorance and I didn't understand God's word on the subject. And as I got taught, and as I listened to what God had to say, and as I opened my spiritual ears to him, and I said, teach me, he said, I'll teach you, and I'll tell you why you don't need to do this anymore. And as he began to reveal it, and I began to see it, not with my eyes here, but with my eyes here, how it affected him and how it hurt him. How that we are the bride. And that when I put something before him, I'm actually cheating on him. In a spiritual sense, I've cheated on him, and he likens it to that. Would you say that that's serious? That's serious issues. These are of the heart, but can only be understood with the heart, not with the mind. All right, I got one more scripture for you. Let's look at uh, Philippians. Within the time frame, I want to go over. We're good, okay. We're good, okay. I got some. I got a little bit of time here. All right, uh, Philippians chapter four. 
verse 7. In the peace of God, how many want God's peace? Amen. Okay. In the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Passes understanding? Why? What is that? It's, it's, it's not a, the, God's peace is not a cognitive thing. Shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Separation. Two, individually spoken of. The heart and the mind. Both of them having the ability to think. Right? The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts. What does that mean? What does that mean? God's peace. Well, you see there's this thing about God's peace. Is this, God's peace is not a peace that pushes itself on you. You have to understand that. And that's, there's always seemingly a confusion, especially when you pray with people for years and years and years and years, begging God for peace. Begging him. And I get it. I told you, some, some situations, you really need God's peace in, like immediate. Absolutely, I can understand that. But I'm talking about every month, one month after the next month after the next month, we just need some peace. We just need some peace. Have you been reading your word? We're trying. Listen, God's peace is not just some kind of force that just comes out of nowhere and just says, oh, here you go. I'll make you feel better. Is God's peace circumstantial? No. No, it's not circumstantial. But see, that's where, that's where a lot of people want God to exist, though, at. Circumstantially. They want God to come and fix the situation, which would in turn alleviate and give them the peace that they actually are looking for. See, this is not the kind of peace we're talking about. I can't regulate anything that goes on in this world. I can't. I can't do anything about it. But I can re regulate what goes on inside here. And how I receive the peace that God has promised me. And as it comes into me, how I retain it. How I keep it. Believe me, I know when I don't have God's peace. You do too, don't you? You know, you know when you're struggling. It's like, I don't have it. I don't have it. And I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at it. I'm thinking, you knew better than that. You knew better than to let yourself go. You're not reading your word like you need to. You're not praying like you need to. You're not taking care of your heart. You know, if you have physical issues and the doctor says you need to take care of yourself, what are you going to do? You're going to take care of yourself, right? Well, the, the, the doctor says... You've got some heart issues. He says, take care of the heart. Make sure you're taking care of it. Make sure it's healthy. Make sure you're putting the right stuff in it. And so when it comes to peace, the kind of peace that passes all understanding, that's the kind of peace that's not going to, I don't necessarily have to understand it, but he's telling me, he said, I'm going to come in with this peace, and it's going to give you health. Health. It's not going to change my situation. I'm still going to have to fight the war. Can anyone say amen to that? Amen. I still got to fight the war. I still got to go through it. He's still in the fire with me. Yeah, that's going to happen. But see, the peace, that's something that's totally different. You see, God gives that peace to us, but a lot of times we don't get it because the lines are clogged. We've got too many issues. We've got high opinions. We've got all these things that are clogging the lines of communication between us and God. And we're not healthy in here. Yeah, our, and, and let me say this. I gotta say this. 
Are you saved? Yeah. But see, that's the thing that blows everybody away. They think, well, I'm saved, so everything's good, right? Yeah, but there's a lot more to life than just being saved. There's a whole lot more out there to be lived than just being saved. Are you saved? Well, if you know Jesus in your heart as your Lord and Savior, yeah, you're saved. If you, if you become the new creature, yeah, you're saved. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about health of the heart and retaining what God has given us. Has he given us his peace? I think we can all agree biblically he has. You see, it's a fight to keep it and to understand the factors that actually affect our peace. And I know, and you know it too, if you'll think about it, just begin to have a little, just recall a couple things. When you spend time in God's word, patiently and peacefully, you are a happier person, aren't you? When you take the time to put it in here, and you take the time to make your heart healthy, communication lines open. They open. You're talking to him, he's talking to you, and life's better. Life is better. I feel like God's given us tonight a very fundamental message. Very fundamental, very simple. Check your heart, make sure it's healthy. Check it out. If you got some cloggage in there, you got some stuff that's clogging those lines, you need to unclog them. Get that stuff out of there. I believe that everyone in here, I don't think I have to probe, I don't think I have to look, I don't think I have to ask. All you have to simply do is look within yourself and recognize the health of your heart. Would you stand tonight? Especially today, I would say that there should be... <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to say this exactly or put it into words. There needs to be a disclaimer or something out somewhere of the high risk, the high risk of heart issues for Christians today. There's a, there's a high risk of heart issues today. There's so many temptations and so many things that you and I can get ourselves wrapped, in, wrapped up into. And I could easily say to, uh, tonight, you just need to focus on the Lord. And, and that would be correct. But that's not the way the Lord asked me to bring it. What he asked me to bring is pay attention to the health of your heart. Look inside of you. See where you're at. That, whatever that is, that could be the very thing that is stopping you from able to, being able to really get the peace that you need, the joy that you need. There could be something in there blocking those lines of being able to get what you need from God. Father, we just humble ourselves before you tonight. I want to thank you, God, for the opportunity to come into your house Lord, and to be able to seek your face, to be able to hear your word. Father, I ask tonight, Lord God, it, it, Lord, as we come before you, God, we come and we're raw. God, we're, we're completely undone before you. There's, God, you see our hearts and you see the condition of them. Father, I pray tonight, God, that you begin to deal with us. Begin to deal with us, Father. If there be issues, there be things, Father God, I pray that you point them out. God, I pray that, that we recognize and confront these things, God, that we be not afraid to confront the issues of the heart. Even though at times we might be afraid, we might be fearful of what might happen if we confront it. But God, for our own health and wellness, God, help us to pay attention to what your word says about the health of the heart. I ask for this tonight, for this congregation, for us to have healthy hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. A simple request tonight. If you need prayer tonight, I want you to come and we're going to pray with you. Nothing elaborate. I just want to pray with you. If you need prayer tonight, you know what I'm talking about. And you need you need prayer. Because you understand that your heart is, is, is maybe turning. 
maybe it's struggling. Um, maybe you're trying to get it back into shape again. It just is not quite in shape the way that you want it to be in. These altars are open. These altars are open. Maybe you just want to bring your heart and you want to lay it before the Lord and say, this is what I got. It's damaged goods, but here it is. So offer this time of prayer, whether you come down here and receive prayer, or whether you want to come to the altar and pray. I'm not going to tarry long. I believe that you get it tonight. I believe the Holy Spirit has gotten this across uh, to, to your heart accurately. Thank you, Jesus. Everything's coming through the heart. Everything. Let's worship the Lord tonight. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we worship you tonight. Father, we praise you. God, thank you, God, for being the king of our hearts. Thank you, Lord, God, for victory, God, that we can receive. Father, God, not just from what your word says, but God, we can experience it inside of us in our hearts, Lord. We can have victory. And we can, we can, God, we can live a life that's not defeated. Father, where we don't have negative thoughts all the time, we can have a life of victory. God, I pray that we are honest with ourselves tonight about the condition of the heart. Father, I pray, deal with us. God, by whatever means possible, deal with our hearts, God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. to us tonight. He's been good. I don't I don't know all the details and I don't know everything that you go through in your life or, or what you experience or the heartaches that you have to deal with. I don't know. But I encourage you to take this message with you. I, don't, I believe this is something that's going to do every one of us good from this point on if we'll understand the help of our hearts. God bless you tonight. Pastor, we have any announcements before we dismiss? Praise the Lord. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. Let's be encouraged tonight. Be encouraged in the Lord tonight. Not just, we're not victims, are we? No. We're not victims. We're not going to play the part of a victim. We have victory tonight. We have victory. With that said, be dismissed and blessed. In Jesus' name. Heart guard. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it come the issues of life. Having problem with your peace. No joy, need love in your life, heart guard. You need heart guard, that's what you need. Need a peace that surpasses all understanding to protect the hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, heart guard. Please, guard your heart with all diligence. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you, heart guard. You need heart guard. If you do not have heart guard, side effects may include death, hate, anger, fear, also may include adultery, sexual immorality, impurity, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, rage, selfishness, dissension, heresy, envy, murderous, drunkenness, and the like. Heart guard. Please try heart guard. Brought to you and paid for by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimonies.